It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hello and welcome to another edition of Locked on Spartans. It is Tuesday, January 8th, 2019. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Will Hunter. Back with you for another edition of Locked on Spartans. Reminder, we do this every single day as a part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Five podcasts a week, half an hour each show, covering the world of Spartan athletics. Okay, so on today's show, we have got a Purdue preview. We're Purdueing it. Making that joke again. Uh, Michigan State welcomes in Purdue to the Breslin Center today for a big uh, Big Ten showdown, and well, Purdue may have some early season losses and uh, isn't in uh, the rankings or anything like that. Uh, they are a very good team, perhaps the the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten, uh, and will present a really tough challenge for Michigan State tonight. So definitely got a ton of things to talk about there. They've got uh, Carson Edwards, perhaps the most dynamic scorer in the Big Ten, the the leading scorer, at least 25.5 points per game. Uh, from Carson Edwards. So that'll be a problem to deal with. Uh, We'll talk about him. We'll talk about what uh, other things Purdue does well and ways Michigan State can uh, take advantage of some things and come out with a victory. So we will do that for uh, segments two and three today. Uh, First segment is going to be some football stuff. Uh, We got the national championship was last night. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about how that relates to Michigan State. Uh, I got a, a statistic, or it's not really a statistic, a factoid about the last time Michigan State moved on from its offensive coordinator uh, that might be relevant to what's going on today with the football program. And we've got a bunch of way too early top 25 polls, so I will tell you where Michigan State is or isn't in those. Uh, but first, real quick, I want to apologize for the delay in today's podcast. Uh, I've been trying and been mostly successful at getting these out. Uh, then uh, recorded the night before and published, scheduled to post out at five o'clock in the morning each day. Uh, things come up though, uh, doctor's appointments get shifted, things like that, national championship games happen and what have you. 
uh, and the, the timetable just got a little messed up today, so I'm, it's currently 1.20 in the afternoon. This is probably the latest I've ever recorded, and hopefully the latest I ever will record uh, for a show. So apologies for this uh, late publishing of this podcast. Uh, I hope it won't happen quite this late again. All right, real quick before we get going, follow the show on Twitter at OnSpartans. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores. Email the show, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. We got that voicemail line, 810-666-1031. Subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. And if you got a smart speaker for Christmas, tell it to uh, play podcast Locked on Spartans. You can get the show that way too. Play podcast Locked on Spartans. All right, let's talk about some football stuff. Okay, so the national championship was last night in college football. Um, not a very entertaining game, but there's definitely some excellent uh, football being played out there if you were able to watch it. Uh, the one thing that always stands out to me when I watch these national championship games, and this is why I'm bringing it up on a Michigan State podcast, is even when Michigan State has really excellent teams, I watch these national championship games and I'm just like, man, <laughs> we're never going to get there. Um I think 2015 really solidified that for me when Michigan State got blown out in the college football playoff. Granted, that was probably the the third best team of the Connor Cook era, uh, the one that just happened to get the lucky breaks and, and find itself in the playoff. Uh, and I guess the playoff didn't exist two years before that team would have made the playoff. Um, but yeah, it's just it's crazy to see like a true freshman quarterback and a true sophomore quarterback who would be if if they could declare for the NFL draft today would be the top two overall picks. Uh, in the draft, and then just crazy five and high four star talent all over the place. So, I don't know how you guys feel about watching these games, or if it makes you think, "Man, Michigan State can never get to that level." Uh, but I think it helps sort of keep me grounded and just like uh, focus on realistic goals. And I think a lot of people, uh, maybe not in Michigan State's uh, fan base, but definitely Michigan's fan base and a lot of other fan bases have these unrealistic goals that they should compete for national championships when that's just completely out of the picture really it is even for Michigan the way they recruit uh, a national championship is kind of out of the picture for them uh, at least in the immediate future if they can stack a number of things on top of each other and start getting the players that uh, Ohio State started to get you know and recruiting nationally even better then maybe it starts to to become a thing but uh, until that happens it's just out of the picture so it's good to keep those goals centered uh, on Big Ten titles on beating your rivals, uh, and on, you know, getting to the playoff occasionally if you can. Uh, but yeah, just those are my thoughts watching that. Uh, it always brings me back to, to reality that, man, there's just, it's just a different game than, than Michigan state plays generally, uh, speaking. Okay. Uh, one little factoid I mentioned, so I was wondering, uh, we haven't seen any movement or heard any rumblings or whispers or anything regarding Dave Warner or the, the fate of any of the offensive staff or the scheme or anything like that. Uh, and so I got to wondering the last time Michigan state made a change like this was when Dan Rauscher, uh, was not fired, but you know, fired, (laughs) he wasn't fired, but he was told to go take a job with new Orleans. Uh, he was basically, if you remember, uh, there was never like a release that Michigan State is parting ways with Rauscher or Michigan State is not renewing his contract or is resigning or anything like that. The first public news we heard uh, that told us Dan Rauscher would not be the offensive coordinator after the 2012 season was Dan Rauscher takes running back's job with New Orleans Saints. Uh, and so uh, I think we could see something similar happen here with Dave Warner if he is going to go. 
Uh, and I did wonder, since it is January already, a lot of you know the coaching stuff is pretty much done for college football at this point, uh, unless somebody gets poached to the NFL, things like that. You know, there's there's a few dominoes that could fall here or there that would change things. But I was wondering when did Dan Rauscher take that job with the Saints? So I, I went back and found it, and it was February 16th, 2013. So obviously after the 2012 season, and Michigan State waited until February. Uh, for Rauscher to find a safe landing spot and to promote uh, everyone from within, basically everyone kind of who was in the staff that then D'Antonio wanted to move up, kind of moved up uh, one little spot there. And then they hired Bowman uh, from Ohio State because he was let go after the 2012 season there, I believe, or it may have been the 2011 season, but he had just been previously let go by Ohio State as the Urban Meyer era was beginning there. So, uh, that's all to say that because nothing has happened in terms of coaching staff changes so far, that doesn't mean it won't happen. Uh, D'Antonio has an immediate track record the last time this happened of A, waiting uh, longer than you would typically wait, B, not actually firing uh, his friend, uh, and C, kind of waiting until there was a soft landing spot and the announcement wasn't a parting of ways. It was this person took a different job. Uh, and I, and will not no longer be <laughs> in their f- former capacity as play caller. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see Dave Warner hired as offensive assistant for the Cincinnati Bengals or something like that uh, once they get their head coach in or, or, you know, something, not necessarily Cincinnati, but something along those lines. And then a promotion from within, whether it's, I don't know, Don Trudwell or, or Brad Salem or just an in- interior. If I had to place a bet I would say it's an interior promotion similar to what D'Antonio's always done uh, and nothing much is going to change schematically if uh, and that's a big if if they do make a change so we'll see just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen given uh, how the Rauscher situation was handled all right last football thing here mentioned uh, way too early top 25 polls are out of course as is tradition after the national championship game Uh, And I went through ESPN, CBS, Bleacher Report, 24-7, and The Athletic. So I picked five. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good sample there. Uh, Michigan State... (laughs) Michigan State only made one of these. And I don't think uh, this is necessarily surprising. uh, But Michigan State only makes one not listed in ESPN, not listed in CBS, not listed uh, on Bleacher Report not listed in the athletic. And also, uh, aside from these top 25s, most of them had others receiving votes. They were not in a single others receiving votes. The only top 25 that Michigan State made was 247sports.com, where they came in at number 21. Uh, And the write-up is is basically the season was a disappointment. Uh, At the same time, they had uh, a you know, a great defense, one of the best defenses in the country, bring back 15 plus starters, should be more healthy. And basically the the quarterback injury, uh, the offense averaged 26 points per game before Lewerke got hurt against Penn State and 12 points per game after. So that's sort of 24-7's reasoning. Uh, nobody else uh, had Michigan State in their top 25 that I saw. So we're, we're back where we want to be, right? We love playing the disrespect card. We love having chips on our shoulders. Uh, and you got them. After a 7-6 and six season, you're going to have that pretty similar to 2012. No one really cares about Michigan State anymore, so uh, <laughs> not that past performance uh, is indicative of future results, uh, but that would be a nice little 
situation for them to kind of regroup, fly under the radar, and come back uh, and compete for the Big Ten title next year. I know that's what we're all hoping for. There's a track record of them doing it, and it always seems to be when nobody expects them to do it. So the stars are aligning for D'Antonio to play all the disrespect cards. Uh, Hopefully they can come through and the team can be a little bit more lucky next year with health and bounces. Uh, and couldn't get back to double-digit wins like they should be, uh, given the level of talent on the team. All right, let's uh, pause right there. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll start Purdueing. Er, <laughs> that's the second time. Uh, not I said I did this yesterday. I meant to say previewing, and I say Purdueing. Uh, we're gonna preview Purdue. That's a weird tongue twister. We're gonna preview Purdue. We're gonna start previewing the Purdue matchup with Michigan State. They tip at nine o'clock tonight on ESPN. A late one. Late tip-off, hopefully no Dan Dockich on the call. Uh, That's something we can all root for there. So we'll start talking about that after the break. If your company is looking for a new way to reach customers, you could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their favorite shows. Our demographic is 98% male and earns more money and has more education than traditional media audiences. That's right. We are smarter and have more money than newspaper readers or radio listeners or TV watchers, or anything like that. So get on the podcast game. Have your company sponsor this podcast. Email me at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Okay, segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. We're going to start talking about Purdue with uh, the big thing you really need to talk about or be aware of when you are going up against Purdue basketball, and that is Carson Edwards, I mentioned leading scorer in the Big Ten at 25.5 points per game. He is uh, nearly five points higher than the number two scorer. He is obviously, by those numbers, a dynamic scorer. He's, uh, if you don't if you don't remember him from last year, I mean, he he played a big role in previous Purdue teams. He's a junior this year. Uh, but in years past, he had Caleb Swanigan and Isaac Haas and, and different guys who were good players, and, and Purdue played a lot through the post, although Edwards was a dynamic player for them. This year, it's him. It's the Carson Edwards show. Uh, he uh, he runs everything for them. They will go uh, as far as he takes them. Uh, Tom Mizzo met with reporters the other day and was just uh, as emphatic as he really could be about how important it is to constantly be on him uh he's just saying stuff i saw quotes you know we're gonna be we're gonna start guarding him in the locker room during pregame and we're not gonna stop until he gets on the bus or gets goes back to the showers or gets out of the showers or whatever it is um they are very much aware of him it looks like matt mcquade's gonna have a significant amount of time on him uh i imagine uh that you're not gonna really put winston on him even though they're similar size carson edwards is 6'1 uh he's a lot quicker uh, and a better athlete than Cassius Winston, so McQuaid can hang with him a little bit. I think you're going to see Kyle Arns on him, and I think you're going to see Aaron Henry. I imagine Michigan State's going to do stuff to try to get the ball out of his hands because it absolutely never 
comes out of his hands. Uh, he is right now uh, eating up 35.7 of produced possessions. Basically, that means uh, more than a third of produced possessions end at his hand, whether he makes a shot, misses a shot, uh, that gets rebounded by the defense or turns it over. So that is fourth in the nation. Uh, he takes almost 40% of produced shots. That is seventh in the nation. Uh, he is just an absolute volume shooter. He's going to put up a ton of shots for Purdue, and he's going to make a lot of shots. Uh, he shoots 39% from three, which is pretty darn good. Uh, it's not, you know, uh, I think McQuaid shoots better, Winston, Langford, maybe Kyle Arns. Uh, so Michigan State's got a few guys who shoot better than him. He made, he's got the most Big Ten makes uh, from three in the conference. Most, most made three-pointers in the Big Ten because uh, he shoots so many of them. He's already shot 135 this year. Uh, making 53, which is pretty crazy. Uh, although in, in conference games, he's got three conference games. He's seven from 23 behind the arc for 30%, which is uh, if he's taken eight threes per game, if he's taken 10, if he takes 12 threes against Michigan State uh, and shoots 30% on those, it's going to be a long day for Purdue. So a little bit of a negative trend for him in conference shooting. Uh, but other than that, and he's an outstanding free throw shooter, uh, 89% on the season, perfect in conference play. Here's something though that, uh, I don't know if it's a weakness, but he's, he's 49% from the field uh, from two, which is, uh, if that was his overall field goal percentage, uh, you know, that's that's fine. But 49% from two, it's a little bit of the, uh, if you remember Bryn Forbes, the, the Bryn Forbes offense where he'd shoot 49% from three and 45% from two. Similar to that, obviously flipped, but uh, he shoots just as many threes as twos. So he's the guy he's going to be chucking a ton, plays a ton of minutes for them, 81% of the minutes, you know, averaging over 30 minutes per game. The offense pretty much runs through him. And like I said, his possession numbers and, and shooting shot percentage numbers are huge. One of the most ball dominant guys in the entire country she takes most of the shot, more shots than most anyone in the country. Uh, but to go with that, his effective field goal percentage and his true shooting percentage are 451st in the country and 372nd. So he's he's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter. He's not going to absolutely kill you uh, every single night, although he definitely has that in him. So that is goal number one to stopping Purdue is, is limiting Carson Edwards. Uh, he's going to get 20 points. You just hope that it's 20 points on uh, 22 shots, 19 shots, something inefficient like that. If he goes for 29 on 13 shots uh, and is able to get four or five rebounds and six or seven assists, that is uh, a, a recipe for uh, a, a tough night against Purdue. Right now on, on the season, just to throw it out there, he averages uh, three rebounds and 3.4, three and a half assists per game and a steal and a half on defense. Uh, so peripheral stats aren't Crazy, but you kind of expect that with a guy who takes as many shots as he does. Uh, he also is very good at drawing fouls. Draws 5.7 fouls per 40 minutes. Uh, it, you know, down to his 32 minutes per game, he pretty much is five fouls per per game that he draws. Uh, that's 160th in the country. That's really good. That's a really good free throw rate. Um, so he's going to get to the line a lot, and he's going to make shots. So you got to have a bunch of guys you can throw at him, and they got to do a good job get hands in his face, make the shots that he's going to take uh, contested, get him off, run him off the three-point line so he's got to take uh, deeper shots. He's got to start with the ball. You know, you don't want him, 
uh, being comfortable with his toes on the line kind of thing, right? Being able to move out there. You want to sort of reset that three-point line with a guy like him. Same concept as uh, Steph Curry in the NBA. You start guarding him uh, beyond half court. You don't pick him up past half court where they can get to the three-point line comfortably and put up a shot because they'll put it up and he makes a lot of them. So I imagine you'll see not a press, but you're going to see an aggressive defense from Michigan State on him early. They're going to be picking up him up uh, earlier than that you would with a typical guy because he's the focal point. Aside from him, there is one other guy on Purdue that averages in double figures. That's Ryan Klein, who is another guard who, well, he's, a, he's, he's like a three. He, whoever's not on Carson Edwards will, will spend time on Klein. Uh, he averages 12 points, uh, 12 and a half points per game, similar rebound and assist numbers to Carson Edwards. Uh, similar field goal percentage from three and from two as well, uh, and is also a great free throw shooter, but doesn't draw nearly the fouls that Carson Edwards does because he doesn't have the ball as much. So he's another guy that, that can hurt you a little bit. Other than that, they got a, a bunch of guys who average between eight and three points per game. Uh, they got a rotation of nine guys that, that play some extended minutes here. So a little bit deeper than Michigan State, but really not all that much. Um, it, you know, like I said, two guys in double figures, one who scores twice as many points than anyone else on the team. Uh, it's a top-heavy group, so the the key to beating them is to just make life difficult on Carson Edwards, uh, limit him as best you can, and, and don't let the rest of the team get going and beat you. Uh, as a team, sort of overall, produce uh, advanced numbers, if you will. They're uh, they're number seventeen in Ken Palm overall. They're like I said, they're they're a nine and five team. They've got some really tough road losses, uh, a couple of tough uh, neutral uh, site losses uh, to like Virginia Tech. They lost too close. Virginia Tech's really good. Uh, they lost to Michigan on the road. Florida State on the road. Florida State's good. Lost to Texas on the road. We know Texas is tough. Uh, the only thing that sort of sticks out that's really hurting them is they lost to Notre Dame on a neutral floor. Uh, Notre Dame is not very good this year. Uh, but Purdue 17 in Ken Palm, the number six offense uh, in adjusted efficiency. This will be the best offense Michigan State has played this season. They're, they're similar to Michigan State uh, sort of profile. They're really great offense uh, and a really solid defense. Uh, Michigan State is, is better on the defensive end than Purdue. Purdue 68th, which is solid, uh, but it's not great. Michigan State, I believe, it is up to like 15 or, or 17 on, on their, yeah, Michigan State, number three offense, number 17 defense. So, a uh, big distinguisher in this, and this is going to be the case all Big Ten season, uh, is pace. Pace is going to be a big deal all year. Purdue is 265th in pace, uh, whereas Michigan State is 72nd. Now, Purdue doesn't play quite as slow as some other teams. Like, Wisconsin's going to be dreadfully slow. We know that. Uh, but, like, so Michigan State is 44th in the country in average possession length on offense. Purdue's 160th. So, Purdue doesn't play necessarily fast. Like Michigan State plays fast on offense. Purdue doesn't really play fast, but they're not a super slow team on offense. But they do grind out possessions uh, to the end of the shot clock on defense. 342nd in the country uh, in defensive possession length in terms of uh, just how slow it is. So uh, a full second slower than the D1 average uh, in in defensive possession length. So... Uh, it's tough to grind it out against them in the half court. It's a good defense. 
Uh, some four factors here real quick, and then we'll I'll probably break. Yeah, I'll break after this, and then we'll talk more about the actual matchup. Uh, on offense, as you would expect, good shooting team, 41% in effective field goal percentage, 36, 36th in turnover percentage, which uh, Michigan State's one thing that they do not do is turn you over defensively, and Purdue is a pretty solid team at protecting the ball. I wouldn't anticipate a lot of uh, turnovers or steals tonight. Uh, I think the key is forcing tough shots and grabbing rebounds. Uh, here's the thing, Purdue's really good at rebounding, 35th in offensive rebound percentage, uh, and then 39th on defense uh, in, in limiting offensive rebound percentage. So uh, Michigan State is, as always, uh, a good rebounding team, uh, 36th in limiting offensive rebounds. So that'll be an interesting matchup. They're kind of parallel with each other in that uh, as good as Purdue is at getting offensive rebounds, Michigan State is at limiting them. So that's something else to look out for. And then uh, one thing here that I think really favors Michigan State is uh, the free throw game. Purdue does not get to the line, as you would expect, with a guy like Carson Edwards, who is a volume shooter, shoots as many threes as he shoots twos. He does not get fouled much uh, in terms of rate. He'll shoot a bunch of free throws because he's got the ball so much, but in terms of uh, the rate, he's going to shoot free throws, and and not many other people on the team are going to get free throws. Uh, he takes a lot of shots from uh, from three, and when you have a team that takes a lot of shots from three, uh, you just don't get to the line too much. So they're 323rd in the country at getting to the line on offense. So uh, foul trouble should not be a concern for Michigan State tonight. Uh, foul trouble is always a concern in general in basketball, uh, but on a game like this, if Michigan State's getting into foul trouble, uh, that's not a good sign, but I don't anticipate it being an issue uh, with a jump shot heavy team like Purdue uh, and just given how good Michigan State is uh, in the low post defensively and how uh, Purdue doesn't have a ton of uh, scoring options down there. It's not going to be like I said with previous games where Caleb Swanigan is going to work in the low post or Isaac Haas like we've seen uh, definitely at times in previous seasons. So uh, yeah, free throws, I'm not overly worried about. I'm not overly worried about foul trouble for this game. So let's break right there. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some stylistic things, uh, how these two teams match up, uh, and how I think Michigan State can uh, do some things to take advantage of where they have, uh, a, a, whether it's a talent advantage or pace advantage, things like that, keys to the game, if you will, how Michigan State can come out on top. Uh, so we'll do that after the break. First, I got to tell you about these great things that the Lockdown Podcast Network is doing on social media. Uh, on Twitter, follow at Lockdown.net and you get access to the Lockdown Podcast Network local hosts covering their NFL or NBA teams on one feed. On Instagram, Lockdown.net is giving you the biggest stories of the day in just one minute on your Instagram stories and longer editions of the biggest stories of the day in their Instagram feed. So make sure you follow Lockdown.net on both Twitter and Instagram. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Okay, welcome back to the third and final segment 
of today's Locked on Spartans. Uh, I accidentally ran a little bit long in that segment, didn't realize it, so this will be a shorter segment, but let's just talk about some specific things that I think Michigan State can do uh, to have some success uh, against Purdue. We've talked at length about what they need to do defensively on Carson Edwards, and I think that's pretty cut and dry. Just try to get the ball out of his hands as much as you can. Try to make him take as many difficult shots as you can. Uh, Get his shot total up in terms of uh, contested shots, long twos, uh, run him off the line, um, pick him up at half court, uh, be throwing different looks at him, uh, cycling through McQuaid, Arns, Henry, uh, even if Brown can do it for a spell. Uh, I think that's the key. Just slow him down a little bit. Make him get 22 points on 23 shots, uh, and, and you'll win. If that if he's as efficient, if he's that inefficient, uh, their offense is not going to put up, you know, the, the totals that they're used to putting up. So that is the big key defensively on offense. I do think pace uh, is, is going to be a common theme this year. Uh, pace is going to be huge. Michigan State's offense, when they can get out and run, it sort of sets everything up, and then they can get into that flow offense that we've been talking about where the ball is moving, people are moving, there's a lot of purpose. It kind of looks a little... Uh, not street ball but like backyard football, how it's just guys running around and you're finding open looks. Uh, you're getting solos on Nick Ward. You're getting solos on Xavier Tillman. You're running pick and rolls uh, that are really fluid. Uh, flare screens, different th- or flares uh, for Matt McQuaid and Kyle Arns, uh, hitting guys in transition on the wing for threes, things like that. Uh, just the, the typical Michigan State stuff that we've been seeing, I think if you do it, and you do it well, it'll be enough to get you by Purdue. Uh, given that they're, you know, they're not necessarily weaknesses, but their their deficiencies are on the defensive side of the ball for sure. Uh, they give up 37% uh, shooting from three point range. That's 289th in the country. Uh, that obviously matches up well with what Michigan State does. Their two point defense a little better, 113th in the country. Uh, they do block a good amount of shots. They don't steal the ball. Uh, they don't turn you over at a crazy high rate. Uh, they do not press. Uh, they do not uh, play an overly aggressive style of defense. It's just a solid man defense with some zone. Uh, and so you'll you'll see opportunities for Michigan State to, to make plays and to be able to run their offense. It won't be as difficult uh, as it was against Ohio State to get things going. Ohio State's a better defensive team than Purdue. Uh, and it's in the Breslin Center. So I think you get out running early. You establish Nick Ward. Uh, if he's getting single coverage, you keep going back to that. If he's starting to get doubled, you work off it. He's getting better at that. You work Xavier Tillman in there as well. He p- passes really well out of the low post. Uh, and I think you get a ton of open looks from three. And I think given how good of a, a three-point shooting team Michigan State is, you're going to have a lot of Cassius on the floor, a lot of McQuaid on the floor, a lot of Aaron Henry on the floor, a lot of Kyle Arns on the floor. That's a lot of excellent three-point shooting, even with uh, Langford out. I think uh, they should have enough firepower to uh, you know, outrun Purdue and hold off any sort of a, a threat. Purdue's a good team. Uh, they do a lot of things really well, and they can score the, the ball, and they have one of the most dynamic scores in the country. Uh, but there are ways to limit him in terms of efficiency, uh, and there are ways to sort of break down their defense uh, with the three-point shot and by getting to the line. So uh, hopefully it's a good game by Michigan State. They come out with you know solid effort and all that good stuff. I don't see them overlooking this team, not given the, the history between the two programs, especially the last handful of years 
where Purdue Purdue is competing for uh, a Big Ten titles year in and year out. So looking forward to the game, 9 o'clock tonight on ESPN. Uh, and we'll definitely be talking about it tomorrow. So that's the end of today's show. Tomorrow we'll recap everything that happens with Purdue. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at on Spartans. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter. One L two underscores. Call the show. Leave a voicemail tonight if you want, huh? Things are going well or poorly or whatever. You just want to leave a voicemail. 810-666-1031. Uh, email the show locked on Spartans at gmail.com. Subscribe to the podcast and rate and review all that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Locked on Spartans. Until then, go green. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.